When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Hi, I'm Danielle Fischel from Pod Meets World. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, Small Business Success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. How have we gone this long without discussing... The gum wall. Oh man, right. that's right. The gum, gum wall. wall. That is disgusting to think about. Isn't now. that disgusting? <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. I though. only remembered it because I love reading all of the comments from our dear listeners on Instagram. And this morning I was scrolling through comments and somebody said, when are you guys going to talk about the gum wall and the candy drawer in the kitchen? And I thought, well, how did they candy know about drawer, it? Yeah. I don't know, but I said, I wrote back and I said, oh my gosh, the gum wall. I forgot about that. Can someone please say what the gum wall was? Ryder, take it I away. Don't, I, okay, well, all, I don't really remember because I don't think I ever used the gum wall, but so there was a wall, is it behind the kitchen? 
I think yeah, it's it was up, behind the stairs, the stairs yep. down from the kitchen or, you know, in the, the technically from where, where Eric and Corey's bedroom is when upstairs, they come down right. those stairs. Yep. Yeah. So upstairs at that wall, there's like, so listeners, the staircases on sets are very, they're, they go to literally nothing. They actually go to just another staircase that goes down on the other side. A so, rickety wooden staircase that's usually like thrown together. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't feel exactly safe back there, but a lot of fun happens back there. A lot of fun happens where you're getting yourself like hyped up to go out for your scene. If you're up there with somebody else, because somebody else has to come down later, or you're coming, you're going down the stairs with somebody, a lot of fun conversation happens. And a lot of coming and going came from that staircase. And somewhere along the line, somebody started sticking their gum that they had been chewing, that they weren't going to chew on camera, on the wall there. And it just grew and grew <laughs> and grew. I definitely it's used the gum wall. I did too. Of disgusting germs. Much, yeah, because I was to say, much like the bacteria, the wall itself grew and grew and grew. Well, this is one of those things. Once, once, like you have a kid, uh, you know, they they start crawling under tables, and Indy yep. started commenting on the fact that no matter what restaurant we're in, we could be in the nicest restaurant. And there's always gum under the tables. It's disgusting. disgusting. I'm like, who are all these people at like, you know, a sushi restaurant chewing gum and sticking it under the table, but without fail. And now it's like become a joke. Andy checks every restaurant we're in. He's like, dad, three pieces. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) He'll go to other tables if they're empty and he'll check under there. He'll like (laughs) count them up in the restaurant. And I'm always so baffled by it but i guess we were doing the same thing i don't remember participating I, that just you must have you must have you, we all maybe, participated I but i definitely remember the the candy drawer or the oh, gum yeah. drawer yeah, well wait now was, going going to the gum wall though that staircase coming down into the kitchen if memory serves before we, we had it. well yeah not only that but wasn't it also before we had the um student union in the later episodes where then we would run out and get introed in the student union. Didn't we go down those stairs originally to get introed in the very beginning of the show? Like the yes, first season the- or two, it was like through the kitchen, wasn't it? To be introed yes. in front of the audience. Okay. That's I what I think I you're right. I think that, I no, think I it was, that. I think it was through. Yes. I, I, I think you're right that that's yeah. the way we came down. And then also it was probably during rehearsal too. I know I was, I, I did not start the gum wall, but I know I contributed a lot to the gum wall because I chewed gum constantly. I was a massive gum chewer. Um, so yeah, but, and so the candy drawer, who started that? I think that was props, wasn't it? Well, I think the candy drawer was started in response to the fact that our parents asked craft service to take sugar and candy away from craft service. Did they? (gasps) So I think it was in response. Yeah. I think because, you know, they, they knew it was a set full of kids and on most, most TV shows and movies, Craft service is like 90% crap. It's just like oh, it's red vines. Pop tarts, yeah. you know, red vines, just sugar, cookies. Yeah, just Tons sugary, of food and nothing to eat. And coffee. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I think what happened is that the parents on our show gathered together and said, please, can we not have candy and gum and stuff like that on the craft service? And so in response, props provided us, or maybe it was probably for the uh, grownups first, a drawer that was like a secret just for the cast that we could access yep. our own gum and our own candy. And then it just... I seem to remember it actually started as a gum slash tic tac drawer. Yes, it was agreed. actually more like if you need to freshen your breath, your breath in the this scene. is where you yep, go. Exactly. And then it slowly became like, 
also there's some Reese's pieces and some yeah, Skittles in here, and then it just slowly, and... yeah, and then it became yeah. more and more of a candy drawer. Wouldn't it seems like that would be weird for our parents to ask? Because truth be told, our parents didn't really have to deal with us for like a solid ten hours out of the day. <laughs> it seems like that would have yeah. been something our set teachers may have asked yeah. them to take yes, away for us. Maybe. Yeah. Well, That's as funny. somebody who is, has constantly struggled with their weight, gaining gaining weight on a set is like the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Because you're sitting around all day, you know, waiting for your scene to happen with just tables of junk food everywhere. So it is it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man. And of course, I'm not making the right health food choices at 16 or 17. It's like, oh, they put a case of Coke in my in my trailer every morning and it was gone by the time I left. So oh, yeah, you, you, you 20 you cokes a day, like six, six cokes a day. Oh, it's a lot more than six. It was oh a lot God, more than six. So it was like 12 to 15 cokes a day. No. Where that was like my water. Well, oh, it was awful. Well, I mean, look, you were just the, running on caffeine and nicotine. Oh, it, it was. <laughs> I, well, I was 16. It was time to grow up. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, it was. But it was true. I mean, they he would. I'm so this is the worst thing in the world. Was his name Randy? What was our first craft service guy's name? Who was like oh, the, the bigger guy? Nice. Well, Craig guy took in the over. World. Craig took over in the later seasons. Was his name from was who? he another Steve? Was it Steve? He was a big guy. He was a tall yes, guy was. With, with like the mustache. Guy. Yes, the yeah. must. And he was the he nicest guy been. in the world. And he would put yeah. like a case of Coke in, in my trailer every morning. And <laughs> maybe the whole case wasn't gone, but lots he of was it was. He was. He absolutely was. He was my Coca-Cola. My Coke connection. Coca-Cola, for the record. It is Coca-Cola. Um, but it was, yeah. So it was, you could just gain weight. So, and that's the first talk I had uh, on the set was I did one scene where I had to hop over the fence and Michael pulled me aside and said, we've noticed that you're starting to put on some weight. Um, Are you serious? And it yeah, was around the was time of the first season. And when was that? On weight at first season? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This was probably what? half to three quarters of the way through the first season. Um, it was, I got my first year. We can, we can tell you're putting on weight. Um, and then Ooh. I don't know if you noticed, I came back second season. I was like thin uh, because it will freaked me out. Will you know which episode it is when we get to it? When you see yourself hop over the fence, will you remember like, oh, this is the week Michael talked to me? Yes, I believe I probably will because you're going to okay. see my larger than life frame trying to get over the tiny little oh fence. Gosh, well, uh, but it was, 16. no, I was. I know, I know, no, I know. 16, and you I, know. Were, I mean, the disordered thinking we have around. I know. Um, it's crazy, but I was also eating. I mean, I was like living by myself with my own. I was the first time by myself. You know, I'm not with my eating my parents cooking. I'm like having to make my own decisions. And you're not right. making the proper decisions when you're 17 years old. You're eating all the crap that you weren't allowed to eat when your parents are regulating the food you had as well. They should have. Whereas like you're going to have a green vegetable. I was like, I'm never doing that again. So yeah, it was, and to be fair, yeah. it's, it's a learning curve. You don't know how your body reacts to things until you Try it. You're yeah. like, you know, because there are some people, very lucky people who can eat whatever they want and and or they work out a ton. But like fine. Oh, Matt Lawrence. when you oh. when you do live at home and somebody <laughs> else is preparing meals for you and making the decisions about what is even stored in the house, because that for me is what makes craft service so fun is that it's a kitchen slash pantry that I had no control over choosing. So to me, it's like it's almost like grocery shopping. You go, yeah. what do you have? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. what's a, ooh, what is that? Oh, yep. you got one of those. Yeah, I'll take one of those. It's I like, never have nine different cereals to choose from at home. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was always like, oh, my God, I've never thought of Fruity Pebbles and Honey Nut Cheerios together. 
what a great 11 a.m. snack. You know, that was always how it was. Like, Reese's peanut butter cups and Otter Pops. Of course that's a great combo. Yeah, it was. And a a Coke. Coke. Good morning. And a Coke and a cigarette. Good morning. Yeah, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So, yikes. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, welcome to Podcast World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Friedell. Also, we are a few months into this podcast, and you know what I think it's missing? A murder to solve. No, a live audience. I was just thinking that. Well, it's funny you said that because you're in luck. Uh, Pod Meets World will be live for the very first time ever on October 22nd at the Magnolia in San Diego. Oh, yeah, that's right. And oh, the fun we're going to have. We're going to be recording stuff for the podcast. But even beyond that, we're going to have a real interactive experience. It's true. We're going to be talking with the audience. We're going to be performing a scene with a very lucky audience member. And you won't believe this, but I, well, yes, it's true. I heard Mr. Plays with Squirrels will be doing his first ever Q&A session. Whoa. And we are offering VIP packages that include a meet and greet session and photos and autographs. And we will have a very special guest joining us. It's Mickey Dolans of the Monkees. No, no, it is not Mickey Dolans. No, absolutely not. Please join us on October 22nd at the Magnolia in San Diego slash El Cajon. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. We promise a very exciting night. Where we solve a murder. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. (laughs) That is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. 
Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on. Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. I'm really excited about today's episode because, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, I guess a few weeks ago, and now at this point, we had Marty York on, and he is uh, very prominent in this episode, which is... Great Marty York uh, episode. Such (laughs) a great great episode. (laughs) Season one, episode nine, Class Pre-Union. It originally aired November 26th, 1993, and... Yeah, it's uh, Mr. Feeney gives an assignment to the class to predict where their life will be by their 20-year class reunion. And Corey gets a little help from Major League pitcher Jim Abbott. Like you do. 
Exactly. It was uh, directed by David Trainer, And again, it's uh, my breakdown says it was written by Ed Dechter, but I feel like it has to have been Dechter and Strauss, right? Yeah. They, wrote, they wrote together. Yeah. I think with I yeah. think some of the IMDb breakdowns, they'll just take like the first name. But it was right. Dechter and Strauss were always a team. It was they, they were constantly together, like Laura Runnels. And oh, remember later oh. we had the, 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 the oh. great. Female, yeah, Patty Carr. Um, you know, they kind of always, they always kind of wrote together too. So it was always like that that dynamic duo, which was great. Um, Dector and Strauss. Do either of you have um, any memories of Jim Abbott from filming this episode? No. <laughs> you know, I remember. I mean, he was only there one day. He was probably only there on tape night. So I remember meeting him definitely and thinking he was a super nice guy. But was it even tape night? There's something that makes me think that it might have been a pre-tape. Like he wasn't even there for tape night. Like they ran him in for an hour or two on a Wednesday, and that was it. Kind of pretty pretty long applause. I thought that that was. That seemed it's spontaneous and natural and real. So did so. so did I when when I came back as plays with squirrels on Girl Meets World, and we didn't do that in front of the audience. So, okay, this is, this is a good time then for me to tell you the story. I just recently read an article where somebody was interviewing Jim Abbott and they asked him about his guest appearance on Boy Meets World. And he said, and I don't, again, I, this sounds crazy to me, but I have, there was no reason Jim Abbott would lie. So it has to be true. Oh no! But he said he was invited to set and he thought he was coming just to meet the kids. And when he got there... They basically handed him a script and said, just just hop in and do this scene. And he was like, what? 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 And he was nervous because he had no acting experience and he wasn't anticipating doing it. But he's so good. And he's great. But he agreed. He was like, "Okay, sure, I'll do it. And he was literally just kind of thrown in. There was a Jim Abbott poster in the bedroom, though. So there's no way it was that spontaneous. But I wonder if it's a miscommunication between like his reps. Yeah. Or like the MLB and him, you know, or they're like, just go to make an appearance. And he doesn't understand what an appearance means because there's like Maybe. a miscommunication. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so yes. he shows, yeah. but of course, as far as the producers were concerned, he was yeah. guest starring on our show. Guest right. starring on the show. He had right. a monologue, but, for God's sakes. I know. I we know. had so much to do. <laughs> well, not only that, but the whole, the whole storyline focuses around the fact that Alan is trying to, you know, otherwise then what happens? Alan hears that story. He makes that face like, hmm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And then he just, nothing ever comes of it. Like it, it was very obviously written for the yeah. Jim Abbott appearance, yeah. but he, he doesn't rem- he, his memory is that he was just, he thought he was just coming to say hi. And then he ended up getting thrown in wow. and, and he was really nervous about it because he said he, you know, was an actor, but he was so good was and so natural. So I still have my ball. Yeah. I still have the ball that he signed to me. Really? I do. I still have the ball that you can barely see the the autograph, but it's there. Uh, but I, I mean, st- I don't I know why I'm it. surprised, considering you have the invitation to our season yeah. one Heck yeah, I rap do. party Absolutely. or something. He still has Absolutely. the invitation yeah. to Maitland's wedding. And he still has the invitation right, to right. Adler's and birthday. To, and right? to Adler's, Adler's third, third birthday, birthday you, you party. You all of that, right, Will? At, he keeps Yeah, I do. I keep, I keep all, all of, of my invites in my invite folder right here, which is <laughs> all, full of everything I've been invited to. Thank you very much. Uh, can we also, and I know we'll get to it quickly, but can we talk about how the entire episode is about how Corey is such a Phillies fan and such a fanatic and wants to play for the Phillies, so they go and they get a New York Yankee to come and talk to him? <laughs> 
I mean, it's obvious that they was like they just needed to, like a baseball player. So the last right. scene, he's literally dressed in Laker colors while talking to a Yankee about wanting to be a Philly. Um, it, it was. I just sat there watching it, like, okay, this one's. It's like you, you're a huge Philly fan, but you have a Yankees pitcher on your wall. I think not. Uh, oh my so, gosh! Yeah, it was so funny. But anyway, we'll get to that. I know, you know what's funny is that I did notice the Laker colors. I don't think they cared about that at all. Right. But I, uh, I of was course, like, oh, yeah. Laker colors. Lakers. Lakers for sure. But <laughs> notice none of this. It was like, oh, color like baseball. Baseball guy came. Sports ball person showed up, and he gets the most touchdowns in the Nets. Right? That guy. He's the best. Was he icy? Uh, or he I did. The, he, got, he got so many goals that year. So many ways, so many wickets were scored. Oh my God. I did think at the end of the episode when Minkus shows up with the basketball and he goes, Oh, I realize I have the wrong ball. I did think that's Ryder. That's Ryder. That's me. Yeah, that's, that's so that's... me. Uh, Ryder would have brought Jim Abbott's book to sign out of his exactly. giant jean pocket. In the exactly. Out of his Jinko jeans pocket. His Jago. Can you sign your unauthorized autobiography? Thank you. <laughs> It's a first edition. It's exactly. I rewrote the prologue, so I hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I am in, back in this episode. I am. I am a recurring cast member at this point. Uh, we have some guest cast as well. We have Christine Healy as Jane, Marty York as Larry, as I already mentioned, Brittany English Stevens as Stephanie, um, Morgan's friend, Christopher Kyer did uh, one of the TV voices. You barely hear in the background. Kier, yep was our dialogue coach on Boy Meets World mm-hmm. for this first season, at least. And um, some of the other voices, Lisa E. Wilcox and Matt Kirkwood. They were... Um, Matt Kirkwood was one of our stand-ins for all yes. seven seasons. And yeah. Lisa exactly Wilcox right. was Jeff Sherman's wife. Oh, oh right. That's right. Yeah. She was a horror actor and she was Jeff Sherman's She's wife. She's in so one of the Nightmare had... on Elm Streets, right? She's like number she two. Is. She's on two. Yeah. Four and five. Yep. There, four, yes. four and five. So she... Lisa Wilcox did came and did a, a couple things on the show, and yeah, we had Matt Kirkwood who was there for great stuff, and Chris Kyer. The thing, Chris Kyer was a great guy and an awesome dialogue coach. He was mostly there for Lily, I think, at the time. But mm-hmm. it was he was at the time. I don't know if this has changed, but at the time he was the youngest ringmaster in the history of Barnum and Bailey. Wow. He was like 24 years old when he became the ringmaster and went on the road and wrote this incredible book about what life on the train, because there was like a, a, a Ringling Brothers train that would go around the country and it was people ODing and dying and they wouldn't find him for like days. It was, uh, it's a great, it's insane story and back about then being they were the, bringing the animals ringmaster. on the train probably, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So oh it was God, uh, this just this craziness about him wow. being the, the ringmaster at like 24 years old. Yeah, it's a really cool story. Do you but think anyway. he thought being on the set of Boy Meets World was equal? is crazy uh, who knows who do you knows? think it was a nice reprieve it's still wrangling animals so uh <laughs> <laughs> who knows <laughs> uh and then of course as a special guest star we have jim abbott and so in case you don't know listener who jim abbott is he is like a truly legendary pitcher he had a very impressive career with the angels and the yankees and but most notably he pitched a no hitter and was born with just one Hand. One hand. He so, pitched a no-hitter one, with one hand. Yeah, Amazing. he pitched a no-hitter with one hand. Yeah. He also has two hits. Yeah. Have you ever seen how he does it? He th- In one motion, he throws the ball, and as the ball's Takes leaving his hand, glove. so he t- the glove gets tucked, and he throws the ball, and his hand keeps going, and it's right back into the glove. It's nuts. <sighs> it's absolutely insane to see his coordination. It's, it's incredible. 
I mean, it is a wild amount of talent and perseverance. So um, I, I, I can't, I, the no hitter is impossible seeming enough, but the two hits, which means he batted yeah. one handed yeah. and got two hits. Yeah. I don't know how, Crazy. I don't know how that talent exists. Crazy. Um, I just, I think it's amazing that he's such a legendary uh, baseball player and people are like, but tell us about Boy Meets World. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. uh, No hitter. What was Marty York like? (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Okay, so let's jump into the recap. In the cold open, um, we see Corey recording himself on a video camera. Do you guys remember the video cameras of that that era? They were just monstrous. But this was also just kind of such a new idea, right? That like... A yeah. kid has control of the camera. Isn't it crazy? And I remember we did a couple episodes like this. Later on, we did a whole episode sort of making fun of reality TV where Corey's like filming me getting out of the shower and stuff. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. We did a yes. couple of those. Yeah. yeah. Was this the invention of the vlog? Yeah, well, that's I think what so. kind of went through my head was it's like there's a couple times we've kind of hit the future without even realizing it. I mean, it's a, essentially a kid holding his phone, filming himself. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, but this was a new idea. I mean, I remember my family was one of the first families to have a video camera. Uh, my dad got one when we were like two and a half. I mean, it's, it's part of the reason that my brother and I became actors is because we were the only family with a giant video camera. It was one of those, you, not only did you have the <laughs> camera that was huge on your shoulder, you had to carry around a VCR on, like on, in a yep. suitcase, a strap that you yes. wore. And it was like this wow. complicated, crazy, clunky machine. But it was also how we started making movies as kids. Um, so it was definitely the era where this was finally becoming accessible and everybody was filming themselves. I remember this reminded me also of a TV show that I had gotten very close to being on that I don't think it ever even aired, but it was a big TV show that I think NBC was producing maybe a season before Boy Meets World called News at 12. And the mm. whole thing was that a 12-year-old was did their news report for their household. Like every night they would go up to their house or go up to their room and do a news report at a newsroom because they had their own video camera or whatever. So they talked to wow. camera. And it was basically this scene oh, or this okay. structure of this scene uh, as an entire sitcom. Wow. So funny. Yeah, I, I remember cameras too. Our family also had one of those huge cameras in the little pack you wore around. And I love watching all those old videos too. So Corey is interviewing his mom, dad, and sister on their way to Stephanie's birthday party. And Corey asks why the baby of the family gets better treatment and a gold necklace? And why does the middle child get ignored? And uh, Rusty says, Alan says, it's because he's the baby, um, because the baby of the family doesn't prank call people in Canada. She gets better treatment and they all put on coats to enter the cold tundra of Philly in November. Writer, did, when you watched this, did yes. you think, okay, I'm apparently the only one who doesn't remember <laughs> yep. the weather. Yep. I guess it was on the very coats. much a part of our discussion. Yeah. And I yeah. had no idea. Because yeah. guess what? Didn't care. <laughs> Just didn't affect me. Oh, God. Because so <laughs> I can act in a jacket. I don't know about right. you, but I'm fine. So. <laughs> I am jacket Didn't affect actor. you. So funny. I saw, I watched everyone putting them on and I thought, yeah, it's November in Philly and look at how cold it is out there. It all makes sense. I, uh, you Um, know, the the funny thing about this scene was to me, it's show because this episode for me, because you kind of watch it through your own eyes when it comes to your character. Eric was such the forgotten man throughout a lot of these episodes. To me, I thought it was so funny that they're talking about how. You know, you're taking one daughter out and I'm the forgotten kid and Eric's nowhere to be found. (laughs) It's like he's not he's like not in the family at all. 
Uh, but so it's because you're the oldest brother. You I know. Have, no, I get it. it but it was just understood so, that you had autonomy. It was just Will so because later get more lines, man. He's like, no, it's he's not the lines. Up. It's because no, it's because well, later Rusty walks in. I could have made this scene funnier. <laughs> Rusty walks into a scene later with Eric and basically ignores his entire existence. He walks in and just starts talking to Corey. Like he glances over at me, then just starts talking to Corey. And every time I watch it with Sue, she's like, it's like he doesn't realize he has another kid. Well, I think this is a good time to tell you that you are not the boy in Boy Meets World. I know. I understand. (laughs) I get it. I get it. I do. No, but this is exactly the drive that makes you a great actor, man. You were you were always like, well, I could do more. What do you need? What do you need? Wait, 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 want me to chew gum and walk? What you, I can do it all. At this point, it was like, acknowledge his presence. Like, my God. <laughs> acknowledge you have another kid, for God's sakes. Jeez. It's all about that little oh Lily kid. Lily was oh really God. funny in this episode, I thought. Like, I thought yeah. Lily was legitimately funny in this episode. This was a, this was a good Lily and yeah. Betsy episode. I thought it was really cute. Um, so then Alan warns Corey, no home shopping. Of course. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because I just thought yep. <laughs> is, is I, I didn't really ever think of Corey as being like a big home shopping binger. But who knows? Who knows what he was buying? And he says, and don't break my camera. So the family leaves and Corey, of course, immediately drops the video camera and Corey assumes he will be grounded. Which is funny. I also I'd like to point out they have not. You could tell they're still figuring out. Corey's friends because he says my best friends when he says you didn't let me you didn't let me go to the movies with my best friends and any other episode five on would would be my best friend yeah or with Sean yeah so they're still trying to figure out the group uh you could that that rung in my ears you're right and then we get our theme song so we come back from our our circus theme song and um we're in Mr. Feeney's classroom Feeney is teaching a lesson on taxation without representation and Corey is dressed as George Washington and Minkus is playing King George wearing a crown and Minkus back finally I'm wearing the same dress I wore for the lipstick scene yeah so now in the couple episodes we've seen me I've only worn Two dresses, so a white lace dress and a purple lace dress. Is this probably your second episode then? I think this, we well, yeah, I think this is only my second episode. Wow. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's nuts to think about that. I think the order probably went Corey's Alternative Friends, then this episode, mm-hmm. and then we filmed uh, the Halloween episode and they aired. Mm. Oh, Maybe. Because Marty said his last episode was the Halloween episode when he said oh, right. Right. he messed right, up his right, line. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Jeez. Oh, so this would have been before that. Yeah, and so yeah, so Marty York is also in this. He's not yet feeling the effects of the death chair. It hasn't hasn't happened to him yet. Oh. Um, and Feeney explains that if you don't understand history, you are doomed to repeat its mistakes. Corey wonders if every boring person in history is named George. And uh, he gets a bad look from Mr. Feeney. And for the first time, for some interesting reason, the George Feeney placard on the front of his desk is cocked perfectly towards camera. It's not facing the front, not facing the front of the the classroom. It is now facing just slightly out so we can see the giant George. Just in case you forgot his name was George, (laughs) here's a reminder. I know it is funny, those little things you, you recognize either I, I always think I always wonder if actors just notice them or like people who work in entertainment just notice that stuff or if f- fans watching also go huh that that's strategically placed on an angle because by the way it could have not been so angled and you could still perfectly read right. George Feeney yeah but it is really angled right toward camera <laughs> um 
Corey says he's not interested in the past. He's only interested in his future. And that's because he's 11 years old and that's really what's um, in front of him. So Feeney gives them an assignment, which of course... Feeney is prepared. It's almost as if he knew it was going to go That's this way. That's my question for you. It seemed like yeah. he was like, well, I'm just waiting for a student to bring this up so I can have this assignment that I've had planned all day. Yeah. I mean, doesn't don't they later in the episode make a reference to having done this assignment before, too? So That's I, what I, I mean. This so is, it's yeah, like this is it, something that he does. So do you think it was poorly written that it made it sound like George is coming up with this on the fly? Or do you think that is a George Feeney-ism? where it comes up on the fly. It seems to come up on the fly, but it's actually been perfectly planned. I'd like to think it's a George Feeneyism. Okay. Me too. I, I like I to think embrace the fiction of the show. Good. And, uh, I like yeah. it. I have no problem with that. that. He's just that omniscient. He can, gotcha. He can plan it all. Love it. Yeah. Love and it. he's that that quick and, and clever that he knows exactly what he wants them to do and how it ties in. Um, so their assignment is to think about their futures so that they can avoid the mistakes that they might make before they happen. He wants them to figure out what they will be in 20 years when they go to their class reunion in the year 2000. Minkus coins it a pre-union. Now, I'd like to point out in a completely unrelated note, my mother was adamant that the entire first season we braided my hair. It is so obvious in this episode. It's, it was done by a crimping iron. It was pretty it, crimpy. Even I noticed it was it pretty was crimpy. It was done by a crimping iron in this episode. The first two. So this is my third appearance on the show. This isn't my second episode. This is the third the third episode I've been in that we've that we've seen so far. And this one, you can see where the crimping start, like where the iron starts in the hair, and at the roots, it's still straight. And so I texted my mom and I said, "Mom." <laughs> I went on the air and I said for the whole first season, you braided my hair. And she said, I think those two, those two episodes I had to braid your hair just took so long. It felt like a whole season. <laughs> she said, but you're right. I'm watching the episode too. And it's definitely a crimping iron. And then I have a picture of me and you, writer, and Lee Norris, and my hair is in curlers. And so because Lee is there, I know it's first season, which means eventually in the same first season, we go, we eventually get to the big Topanga curls. So the hair evolution just in season one was braids, yeah. crimping iron, curlers. All I in don't one know season. why I remember this, but I think it's big, curly, like the the big Topanga hair when you do that great scene with Ben when you're playing with playing basketball with the socks. Yes, yes you're right. Big, that may be the first time. There. Like I don't know why, but it is. You're correct. Yeah. So that's and that the may be the first time of the season. Is it? Is it? Is it really? Yeah, oh. that's. I think that's, but you that's know what? Boy Meets Girl. That's the last episode. It's also big curly hair in this in the episode where I have a crush on you. Is it? Okay. Yes. It's also oh. big curly hair there. So, so I don't know. We'll see. There, there's about to be another hair evolution that coming Jeez. up in the, uh, but I just wanted to let everyone know. Hair again, evolution. The, the memory on me, not so good. But when I notice that I'm wrong about something, <laughs> I will point it out. This was a crimping iron. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, 
and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You're right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. 
Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Minkus tells the class that he believes he's going to marry Topanga. She says she's flattered, but she doesn't know if she recognizes the institution of marriage. And Minkus says he's seen the future and it's me. So, so this funny. Is I did not remember this whole Topanga Minkus. Oh, I did. Even thing. I, yeah. You did? Was, I completely oh, yeah, forgot it. Like but the second I saw name. it, I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Of yeah. course, Minkus would be in love with Topanga. She's smart. You know, she's she's a good student like he is. I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. She's different. I mean, yeah. it was that, is that whole kind. I also love, Danielle, how not only you, but Topanga was completely unfazed by Lee saying, you know, we're supposed to be together in the future. It wasn't like you, you could, the easy sitcom thing is like, uh, ew, we're not going to happen, nerd. I mean, something, no matter what it is. Right. And this was just like, you kind of considered it a little bit. And then it was like, well, you know, it was just a completely different character than you're normally seeing. Well, it was, it was girl. sincere flattery. She was yeah. flattered. She really meant it. She was very flattered that yeah. he would consider her as a potential life mate. But the biggest problem is, I don't know if I believe in the concept at all. And yeah. it has nothing yeah. to do with you. It's just the concept that that she's not sure she believes in. It's um, a great character. It's a really Japan clever way to keep character. the same tension of like a character being rejected, right? But yeah. not make it the obvious, easy, simple. I don't like you. It was like right. more complicated and layered than that, which is really yeah. smart. Yeah, I great. I know. I loved it. Um, and I did remember that 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 Minkus has a crush on Topanga, and that Topanga is you know kind of neutral on the subject. Um, but it's interesting because when we think about Lee not coming back for season two. Uh, it's another thing they missed. Like they very easily could have totally. made, had had Minkus stuck around. There could have always been some of that tension, and yet we lost it. With I mean, we lost so many great things when Lee didn't come back for season two. But that was one of them. Is that that was that was like a whole tension that yeah. just ended up being lost. Uh, since we're talking about that, could have been a love triangle. Quickly, it could have, yeah. Which um, who doesn't want to see more of those? Of course. Uh, since we are talking <laughs> about Lee, very quickly. I so uh, David Kendall, uh, uh, one of our awesome producers. Uh, he and I were texting back and forth. And apparently, because we addressed this on the show that Lee was in on the episode of why Lee didn't come back, he said he was actually in the room when the decision was made. Uh, and it was exactly what Lee heard. They wanted to age up the show. And it was a note from ABC. So yeah. he said that was exactly what it had. So the, the whole Urkel thing, he's like, I've never, I never heard any of that. I never heard anything about Jaleel White. He's like, the story that Lee told is the story that is what happened while we were in the room. So right. Lee had the story right. Right. And we did talk about it, too, that like at some point we jump up to like grade eight. We skip over grade seven and, and it, it, is hap it did happen that they wanted yeah. to age us up. So, yeah. um, well, there you go. We know we know the truth. Uh, they yeah. wanted to age us up and that's why Lee didn't come back. But we sure did miss him. That's for sure. Yeah. So we are then in the cafeteria. Corey calls Sean his, Sean's future as a tire salesman, which is his dad's job, boring. Writer, what do you remember about this whole storyline for you and, and what you were going to be for your future? I just remember having fun, you know, being able to wear a fat suit. And, mm -hmm. you know, was that I, like, a suit? Was, was that like the whole episode. thing? Did they just stuff it with like pillows? Or was it looked just like, like a, a pillow. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just a pillow. I don't know. <laughs> but I just remember thinking it was funny and fun. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I mean, this was a good episode for me. And, you know, I had I had stuff to do and jokes to say. And I remember being very comfortable. 
Yeah. Uh, this you, is definitely you... post alternative friends. So I felt like I belonged finally. Yeah. You know, I seem comfortable in my own skin in a way that other episodes I was not. Yeah. You do seem very comfortable and very sure of yourself and um, in the nicest way possible, understated. Like just. Yeah. You're 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 perfectly understated. You feel yeah. very real, relaxed, uh, and yeah, real. relaxed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, relaxed. Um, um, we, yeah. So we're we're in the, the we're in the cafeteria now, right? Yep. So there's a couple things I noticed about this scene that were very funny to me. One, Please tell me one of them is Oritos. That was one. Okay. <laughs> which is great. Larry has a bag of Doritos, of Doritos. that are that are Oritos. that, that yes. the D is crossed off, it's just, and it's just Oritos. Um, I love that Ben, and you can tell it's completely natural and he doesn't realize he's doing it, but it's such an 11 or 12-year-old thing to do. And he stops himself at one point. Under the table is swinging his legs back and forth <laughs> like you do as a kid. Like you're sitting there and you swing your legs. And you can tell he doesn't even realize he's doing it. And then he goes, oh, geez, and he stops swinging his legs. Uh, I thought that was great. And then for some reason, it's the only school that offers real salt and pepper shakers on the table. Um, which I thought was hysterical. You're never going to give little kids giant real salt and pepper shakers as if they're at a luxury restaurant. They always had wow, these tiny little ripped packages. Wow, your attention to detail, man. This I know. Um, I didn't even know that. Well, it's just, I noticed that. And then the extra that walks by, who there obviously is supposed to be another teacher, is 137 years old. <laughs> Did you see the woman who walks by in the background? No. It's, oh, oh man, she makes no. Bill look like he's 40. Oh my so God. it's one of those things where it's just like, I wonder why they decide. It's like, well, we need someone who looks like a teacher. And it's like, okay, but does she have to be 90? Like, you know what I remember about these cafeteria scenes more than anything is the taste of that juice. That like oh, the, pink, the orangey, orange, ready, yeah, yeah. red stuff. Like yeah. I, that was because I had to drink it every scene in this. And it was always like a Kool-Aid that they mixed yeah. and then refilled. So they weren't like wasting mm -hmm. packaging. So every, every scene they'd come in and like refill that thing. And yeah, oh, the, the yeah. flavor. I've never liked Kool-Aid or any of those sort of drinks. It's and so sugary. It's just sugar. I mean, it's yeah. just sugar. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can smell it. I don't remember the taste as much, but I can remember the smell. And it, stain, hmm. it would stain the color of your, your skin. Yep. Like yep. you drink the juice and above your lip, it would be like pink stained if somebody didn't get it off of you pretty quickly. Was um, it green beans pretty much every time you sat down? It was. To I like guess so. every time, right? It For was, some reason, I remember Jello, but there's not. I didn't see Jello, so I, I remember eating Jello a lot and drinking that weird thing. But maybe I just wow. made that up. I don't know. No, I think there was Jello. Not not this episode, but there was Jello. But I, green beans, yes. I feel like green beans all the time. Uh, so Larry says he's going to be Feeny when he grows up, and then he has one of the most famous Marty York lines, which is "Imitation is the sincerest form of butt kissing." a very big shine for Marty York in this yep. scene, um, eating his Oritos. And Corey says he's the only one of them with vision, and he's going to be the center fielder for the Philadelphia Phil Phillies, and Sean and Larry laugh at him because he's not even good in Little League. Corey says they need right. to be men with good jobs, and then Larry and Sean agree, and then they bark like they bark. men, a.k.a. Tim Allen. Yeah. I was going to say, it's a complete home improvement ripoff. It is, yeah. totally. Yeah. But we've talked about how there were references, there, there, were, there were allusions to the sort of home improvement. But it was clearly the number one show in the country. So, like, yeah. doing this was sort of like a Beavis and Butthead reference. It was something familiar that the audience would be like, oh, yeah. It was yep. definitely just the vibe. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it also became a thing that you did every, oh, no, wait, it never happened again. 
<laughs> so that was the thing I always loved. It's like, oh, they tried something else. But that came from Tim Allen's stand-up, right? I mean, he used to actually, yeah. it was like his catchphrase, essentially, even before the show. Yeah. So then, yeah. 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 Right. Or, or, so, or, like that kind of, yeah, that kind right. of thing. Yeah, it was nuts. That sounded like, like, um, oh, never mind. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> So a we dying in, dog. <laughs> no, yes, it sounded a little bit like a dying dog, but also it sounded like Arsenio Hall, like ooh ooh ooh. Which oh, that's, is, the, yeah, that's the dog pound. Well, that's the dog pound, so it's the same kind of thing. Okay. okay. But what did Tim Allen do? That wait, can you do a Tim Allen action? He does like he goes like he does like that kind of barking thing. That doesn't like sound right to doggy me. Kind I think of I thing. thought what he did yeah. was a thing that it was like confused man where he was like, oh, well, he does that too. But he does this when yeah, he, that like, as a man, yeah. as a man, when he would like fix something or do something, he'd go like, ur, 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 like that's what they're doing. They're barking at the thing. So, yeah, go watch his stand up. He does this kind of like I fixed the thing ur, 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 like that kind of barky thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Google. well, Google. It's worth a Google. Okay, okay, you're right. I'm going to spend the next hour just Googling Tim if Allen's stand-up. You have to stand-up. spend an hour Googling. You're Googling wrong, my friend. <laughs> no, I'm an hour watching stand-up. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then we are in the living room. Corey is doing his school project with his mom and making a baseball card. She says that she will be 44 years old at his 20-year high school reunion, which obviously makes no sense. Uh, she's lying about her age. Um, Morgan enters with a rainbow colored plastic like bead necklace and explains that she traded her mom's gold necklace to for that one. And uh, Amy is obviously super concerned and she wants to get it back. But Morgan says, nope, she said black, black, no trades back. So Which I've, has anybody ever heard that before? Never heard no. that before. Never heard that before either. I, I think no they idea. just made it up. I think it's just a thing like kids would do, you Did know. They? Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Can you also can... tell me why Amy is just cutting up random small pieces of paper? <laughs> I did wonder what kind business, of business, um... man. You got to have business. I know, but at just least make your business keep like your hands busy as an actor out or cut something. She's just taking <laughs> small pieces of paper and cutting them into smaller pieces of paper. <laughs> it was the I greatest know. thing. I did notice All that too. All you need to do to be a sitcom parent: <laughs> just <laughs> fold laundry, put things away. But that's at, cookies, that's at least the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, cut, cut, cut paper into smaller paper. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> maybe she was making confetti. I, I okay. Maybe, so okay. that he could, I'll buy that. you know, he could All throw, right. he could throw confetti. I was curious. Um, so Mrs. Matthews, Amy calls Stephanie's mom, and she hears uh, "black, black, no trades back." So even the mom is is in on this and doesn't want to give back her gold necklace. And so then we're back in the classroom and we're at the, the mock reunion and Minkus in an absolutely adorable suit tells Feeney that he grew up to buy out Microsoft and he married Topanga. They just had their third child named Rainbow Einstein Minkus. <laughs> great, great joke. Great. Joke. I think that's so cute. Uh, a combination of their of their two personalities. Corey tells Sean he can't believe he showed up as a tire salesman. Well, hold on, Danielle. He, when yeah. when Lee came back for Girl Meets World, was there any reference to him having a crush on Topanga? Yes. Or, there was. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's great. He actually, the first time you see Lee, um, when he walked into the classroom, because Topanga was there visiting Riley and was talking about being a lawyer, and um, the door you know, flew open, and Lee was standing in the doorway, and he went, Topanga. Ah, which is <laughs> a callback to an episode we haven't done yet. We haven't seen where that kind of started. So 
we'll see what how how that like where that originally started but it was yes there was a little bit of the playing off of like mm-hmm. i think Stuart minkus makes a little bit of a joke about well you did you made a mistake not marrying me but it's all in in good fun with Corey and whatever so and who played his wife on girl meets world somebody somebody famous played his wife on yes Girls, right so it was christana loken who played minkus's wife and i remember because i came and visited actually willie garson was directing an episode of girl meets world and she was in it and we reconnected because I hadn't seen her since she was in the episode where like Corey and Sean are cheating on her because Corey's dating yeah. her. And so that's like where we have the phone call where we're like listening to each other and like we have to meet up yeah. in the library. It was a very famous, funny episode. Yeah. Yeah. And she ends yeah. Up with I can't wait till we get to that too. Cause that's one of those episodes that feels like it's in the forgotten, like the totally forgotten years for me where we will watch episodes. I'll be like, wow, this is. Well, it's because it was because Corey and Topanga broke up, you know, for a couple episodes here and there, and that was one of those episodes where you you you, you might have been in it, but you probably had a small part because yeah. you were, you know, you and Corey were broken up, and that was kind broken of broken up, right? Yeah. So funny. So yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Well, I can't wait to until we get. To, we have so you guys. We're going to be doing this podcast for like. What, know. 52 years? I yep. thought about that last the other night. I was like, all right, so we've been doing this for several months. We are now on episode, <laughs> so, oh man, we're going to be here forever. <laughs> well, by the way, you're also wrong in saying we've been doing this for several months. We've been doing it for like seven weeks. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yes, we are. It's been uh, so fun. It's, it's been, been a blast. Really- and now we're going to cut <laughs> optical flip to six years from now. Uh, well, you know, it's going to be, I am purposely not listening to any of the episodes of the podcast so we can do another podcast where we listen to the podcast for the first time ever. We can do a re-listen? A re-listen of the rewatch. A re-listen. It's like, Will's never even heard any of these, so we've got to do a re-listen of the rewatch. It's going to be great. I love that Will admits that he doesn't listen to any of the podcasts because I painstakingly listen to every single second, multiple times, trying to make tiny little cuts here and there to make no, it, you know. I do listen. Not you, to all of sure. them, but most. most mostishly. <laughs> Um, I love you, Will, I but I don't believe you listen to them. <laughs> no, I do. I actually listened. Sue and I listened to one last night. It was great. It was it was uh, the ladies of the office, but it was a great podcast. <laughs> um, I was super excited. So it was great. And you sounded great. <laughs> You're amazing. That 9021 OMG is great. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while... Authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. 
That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard? Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, so Corey tells Sean he cannot believe he showed up as a tire salesman and he shows up with a pillow in his in his uniform. By the way, your little um, salesman onesie thing is so cute. I want it now. <laughs> I want to wear it now. Yes, the jumpsuit. It's so great. It looked soft oh and cozy God. and worn in and I absolutely love it. And I, I did. I was going to ask you if that was a real fat suit or if it was just a pillow, but you don't really quite remember. <laughs> just a pillow. 
No, I don't. I just remember saying the line like, oh, my dad's fat, my uncle's fat, I'm going to be fat. That was like my yeah. big joke. Um, but that's so I funny you said that about the jumpsuit about because the jumpsuit has become like the L.A. mom uniform. Yes. Like every every mom Really? Like that yes. kind of look? Really? Oh yeah. Oh, it's the it's the hottest look in LA right now. There's like for, oh, for the last like 5 years. It's been it was maybe even longer. Like I remember when Indy started going to school, it was like all the moms would be showing up in those like old school jumpsuits cuz they're super comfortable. Uh but yeah, it's become it's become the look. So it's funny that you picked up on that, Danielle. Now you got to get yeah. one. You got to get I one. Know. They're big. I I mean, I would be lying if I said I don't have one. I do have one. <laughs> The funny thing about the moms loving jumpsuits is that jumpsuits are actually the most impractical. They make absolutely no sense. Every time you need to go to the bathroom, you have to take off all your clothes like a kindergartner. Right. But you have pockets, It makes right? no sense. Yeah, well, true. But I mean, now, thankfully, <laughs> women's clothes are starting to be made with pockets, which is great. Like even dresses have pockets, which is the best. If I find a dress with pockets, I'm buying it for Sue sure. Sue does the same thing. Sue says exactly the same thing. It's the best. Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't even use them. <laughs> I don't want to put anything in them except my hands, but I like having like a dress with pockets that I can put my hands in. I mean, occasionally if I'm going for a walk or I'm going somewhere, I just want a chapstick and a credit card or something in my in my pocket, I will use them. But for the most part, I just want to put my hands in my pockets. <laughs> um, and so then Topanga shows up and she is wearing a toga and she is now, 20 years later, she is the president of the United States. Don't you have to be 35 to be the be a president? Yes. So why didn't Feeney say to her, sorry, but this doesn't make any sense. You're only 32 in 20 years. You can't be president. It good really catch. bugged me. <laughs> that is a good guy. I didn't think anyway, about that at all. I thought about says it. he nitpicks Corey so aggressively. That's my point is that he nitpicks Corey for not thinking through <laughs> oh, his plan. He gives Topanga a pass. Yep. Yep, and Topanga gets, you know, coasts right through as being president when really he would, he should say like, no, you would be maybe, you know, you're on your way there. You'd be, you're a senator, you're, you know, you're whatever. Yeah, not a single um, follow-up question really for, for no. you know, Feeney, Feeney destroys Corey, but Topanga's like, yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And he says, wow. Well, he does say it's ambitious that like, yeah. oh, you know, that's that's ambitious of you. And she says, well, not many people want the job anymore. Now that I've disbanded the military and disbanded and eliminated nuclear weapons, the position is not as seductive. And it's funny that this is the episode with Jim Abbott, because I don't rem I wasn't there when Jim Abbott was there. I don't remember the Jim Abbott storyline at all because it wasn't my storyline. But I remember this, this toga wearing Topanga speech so vividly because it truthfully it went it was so over my head at the time like I had no you know I was 12 I had no adult understanding of politics or none of it so to me it just felt like a bunch of words just babble, that someone right? told me to say just babble about yeah. what my my vision was for 20 years from now and yet in in the last decade it has been sent to me via social media, it kind of goes viral every year when like a new group of people discovers that Topanga said this and it right. lands and people are like, man, this is awesome. And so I have got to relive this moment, you know, many times over the last several years. And it, it is something that was just, it stuck out to me as being so much fun to do, even though it really didn't make much sense to me at the time. I, you know what I remember about this? I remember when you said the line about breeding stock, but put on the ground for breeding stock, there was such a visceral reaction from the audience. Like the audience loved that. It was like yeah. a clapping, cheering kind of moment. Yeah, and as when I she was, says that men are kept underground for breeding. Yeah, 
And I, I, as I was watching the episode, I remember thinking, just last night, I'm like, that's the scene where you were amazing in the first episode in Corey's Alternative Friends, but you weren't yet part of, like, they didn't know what they were going to do with you and blah, blah, blah. And I remember watching last night going, if they had a moment of, I wonder if we should have Topanga join the cast, that disappeared with this scene in my opinion, because it was just, it was such a, such a unique character that then you were hitting the jokes. It was, you were different than anybody else on the show. And then to get that reaction from the audience, I thought that was the moment where if I'm Michael or one of the producers and I was on the fence, I would have been like that. No, she's okay. She's got to join us permanently. Right. It just, it did. That's how it hit me. It was like, it was perfect. It's a character, it's a voice of female empowerment too, right? Like on a show that has jokes like men grunt, 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 grunt. So it's nice mm-hmm. to it's, it's nice to offer the alternative, and it was a great yeah. great balance awesome. for the whole show. Yeah, yeah, awesome. especially again, you know, opposite Corey, the very stereotypical boy. Yeah. Um. This this yeah, it was. I mean, I feel very lucky that I got to play the character. Like when, especially when I see these moments, I think, man, that's so cool. What a cool character for for anyone to have to get to play. And then I'm like, and I got to do it. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I feel really, I feel well, really lucky when I, I see mean, those. When you're talking about sitcom, characters, I don't even want to say like Topanga, but characters that they try to make completely different and unique are 99% of the time really annoying. Yeah. Like they try <laughs> to do something that's so different. And, so, and you're like, wow, that character is just annoying as hell. And Topanga was never that. It was ne- it was never that kind of like, I don't want to. OK, can we please cut away from this? This is just brutal at this point. It wasn't that at all, which is, yeah. I think, a kind of not only a testament to you, but how she was written. Um, yeah. Because, man, that easily could have been the wacky, quirky girl who it's like, yeah, ee, that's annoying. Well, you know, a big part of it is that she's so confident. You know, we talked about yeah. this with Minkus a little yeah. bit, too. But I think to, the character of Topanga being so unfazed by uh, Corey's criticism of her and everybody else sort of being like, you're weird. And she never feels the need to defend no. it. She never feels the need to convince anybody else that they should think like her. She just presents and she's confident and she's yep. tough and strong and it's wonderful. It's it's so it's not, it's not a quirky character trying to change everybody else. No. It's just a quirky, you know, it's just a different character being different and very but comfortable it's in also, her own skin. It's also Danielle and you have to tell me, Danielle, if, if you did this as an acting choice, if somebody gave you this note or how it came up, but it was whether it was an insult, whether it was I'm going to marry you in the future, no matter what was said to Topanga, she takes a moment and considers it. Right. Every single time, no matter what it is, it's like, well, it's because you're weird. And she'd like take a moment and go like, well, am I like there's there's always mm-hmm. that right. that beat, which made well, it so unique. That's actually it's funny you say that, because that's what I was going to say to writer's point about Topanga. The thing I love most about her is that everything is a discussion to her. She doesn't mm. actually feel absolutist about anything. She right. feels like, you know, when Corey says you're not going to shave your legs, she goes, I haven't decided yet. Yeah. It's, right. Everything is she's measured and she thinks about things and nothing is right and nothing is wrong. It's all just a matter of what will I decide? And it's the same thing when in this episode, Minka says he's going to marry her. And she says, wow, that's incredibly flattering. But I haven't quite decided that I recognize marriage. Everything right. to her is on the table. Nothing's yeah. off the table. And I yeah. love that about her. I yeah. love that there's, there is no insulting her because that's just a perspective. And it, and that perspective deserves the same amount of weight as this perspective. And let's right. discuss. And I just, I find that yeah. 
I just find that endlessly endearing about her. It adds a layer to you think of the consideration she had to go through before deciding all men needed to be put underground for breeding. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is what, you know, she considered it. Like, I'm I'm going to think about what I have. Yep. Nope. This is the best thing to happen. (laughs) And this episode is about history. So she probably looked over history and decided that nuclear weapons, men have always been in charge. What do we do? We can't completely get rid of of them. We have to, but we can remove them from judgment making. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I love, I just, I love it. That's great. It's, it's very well done. Um, so then Larry does come to the reunion dressed exactly like Mr. Feeney and Mr. Feeney calls him over and calls him a poseur. And, uh, again, a little bit of Marty Yorkshine. He says he's going to, you know, Feeney asks him, you know, well, what's curriculum? And he says, I can look it up. He says, what's tenure? I can look it up. And yeah, he actually does feel like, you know, this was a great, this was the, this was an episode where if, if another friend was going to stick around. This was the episode where we would have seen it fully work. Right. Corey also did a lot of work on his project. I'd like to point that out, that he actually legitimately did a lot of work on his project. Yes. When Corey comes up to the front and he says to Feeney, "Okay, are you ready for me? He's all excited. And he says that he's a legendary baseball player and he has a cereal box with his face on it. Um, He also says he dropped out of high school in 11th grade because he got a six million dollar per year contract. And Feeney says Corey didn't think his assignment through, though, because since it's not it's not as financially stable as he thinks, he gives Corey an incomplete which is an I, even lower than an F. I like that you said that's down there, good down there by M. By M. By M. <laughs> it's a good joke. I actually wrote that down. I was like, that's a good joke. It is a good joke. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I do think Corey did a lot of work on this, uh, on his presentation. But I also really like and appreciate Feeney's argument here because it is true that, Money, when given a ton of money, is certainly when you're young. If you don't know, we've we've seen it with endless celebrities and famous people. If you don't know how to handle money, if you don't know what to do with money, because nobody ever taught you how to use money. And by the way, our school doesn't, our school system doesn't focus enough on how. Like, I graduated yeah. high school without anybody in yeah. school teaching me how really to balance, what a balance your books or any yeah. of that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. Go through, you go through all of that and it's just kind of like, I guess yeah. you're just, everyone just assumes your parents are going to teach you that. But what if your parents don't know how to do yeah. that? I mean, I think for the baby boomers, there was like a home economics course that yes. everybody had to take. But for whatever reason, that's just been dropped from the American curriculum. Well, no, so we, home yeah. economics at the time, home economics then and when I took, because I took home ec too. Home ec was sewing and cooking. That's right. what home really? ec was. Absolutely. Okay. We learned how to sew and we learned how to cook. That was our home economic. The idea of like balancing your books and, well, wait, let's figure out what our budget is for the month and let's figure out how much we're making as opposed to how much is going out. None of that was ever addressed anywhere, but which you is did so take strange. Home ec, huh? That's Absolutely. so funny. For years. Back oh, yeah. in Connecticut. And you guys had electricity. By, by we, that did, we did. You, we did. It's you know amazing. what, Ryder? You know what, Ryder? Seriously. Uh, if Trina didn't How come up with the we... idea for this podcast, we would never have had the opportunity for you to make fun of me for this stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we had to learn to sew and cook on the prairie. Right, of course. <laughs> After you made your own butter. After we, tr- was, we, we churned to butter. You took the horse and, we, and buggy. We took the horse and the buggy. Bank. We churned to butter, and then we went to our to, to, to take the bank out, and that's the way it was. That's how we did it in Connecticut, sir. <laughs> my oh my. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, fellow nutmeggers. Sorry, fellow nutmeggers. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
So, so funny. we are back in, in Corey's room. Okay, wait a minute. I'm stopping wait. right there. I, okay. I purposely have not said anything because I was waiting for one of you to bring it up. Is nobody going to mention the 12-year-old girl in the classroom who obviously wanted to be the showgirl? Who's in the background what? dressed in an entire full pink <laughs> no. showgirl outfit? I didn't <laughs> notice at all. No one is going to mention this but me. Really? I didn't notice a it. Full <laughs> Vegas showgirls outfit with the head plume and my the dream low. is burlesque. Literally, <laughs> this is what literally. I'll be in twenty years, I'm and I'm going to make bank, Dude, I am watching with my wife, and Sue's going, "What the hell is that? What the hell? Like she wants oh to God. be a burlesque dancer? What is That's it? Hysterical. Is they're in a hot I didn't notice pink." At all. And I was like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I know one of them's going to bring it up. Somebody's going to bring it up. They have to bring it up. A full burlesque dancer outfit is in the wow. in the classroom. Amazing. So, Do you think yeah. the choice for that was just because they wanted like a bright, pretty yeah. just outfit? It's just it was costumes just like, in the back. I wonder if they just you know because um, I believe background uh, actors have to provide their own wardrobe. So I wouldn't be surprised if they said bring a Halloween costume or bring a costume that could be a job. And they just sort of, you know, maybe because there's the, a, there's one, one extra, she's dressed like a doctor. One mm -hmm. of them, you know, there's Marty dressed like, and then you're, you're all milling in the background, including Ben. Like this is one right. of the few scenes where Mr. Feeney takes time with other students. Yeah. And yeah. It's one of the few times. So he takes time with, takes time with Marty. He takes time with Topanga, which again, it's only like her second or third episode. So it's not like she's a regular on the show yet. And then Corey comes up and in the background, you're all there kind of milling in this group. And I in the group, that. it looks like the village people are behind you. It's, it's like <laughs> right. there's a cop, there's the burlesque dancer, there's, you know, the doctor. And we so, should talk about the fact that you have to, you can't talk, obviously. So we right. have to sit there be mouthing to each other, Mime. fake yeah. dialogue. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, I just had to bring that up. I can't believe nobody mentioned that. That's very funny. I did not yeah. notice. I want to go okay. back and watch it again now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all you'll see the next, now that when you watch this, by the way. <laughs> this that's scene so again. funny. By the way, writer, I, I know that typically background actors have to bring their own wardrobe, but I think when they require them to have something like this, like something kind of over the top, those are provided. Like, I doubt that showgirl costume was hers. I bet it was something they just put, they just picked somebody in and put. They just went to the in, Halloween but, store and bought 10 outfits. They're like, oh. Yeah, It'll work. Okay. Yeah, it'll work. Exactly. Like, throw this on. Uh, they're, throw it they're on them. Twelve-year-olds. Do we need sexy nurse outfit? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. It's Catwoman in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what do you? What do you want to be? Anyway. So we're in Corey's room, and Corey takes down his Jim Abbott poster. Eric says his future is a sports car, and there's going to be cheerleaders in it. But Corey mm -hmm. buzz kills him with his economic facts and calls him a poser. And is this the scene where then Alan walks in and Will, you felt forgotten? Forgot, forgotten. It's like he walks in. He like the only thing he doesn't do is spit in my face and walk by. <laughs> it's amazing. Before we get to that, before we get to that, can we talk about Will's pose? Oh yeah. Because I think I think this is one of those moments where it's probably after we already did the episode where you threw the bag and made the sound. Where you went, oh, the, po the, the, the because, yeah, and that yeah, because the po yeah, yeah, you yeah, ended yeah. up making a very similar yeah. sound. I was like, yeah. that's where you know they said in the script he strikes a pose, and you added the Prob which probably. makes the joke because otherwise it's just a weird <laughs> pose. But you like punctuate it with that sound. It's like a great Wilfredell acting oh, moment. Oh, thank it's just you. Like, oh, this makes that funny because uh, otherwise it's like eh, it's okay. But well, it's yeah, also yeah, in sound. a way making fun of my oldest brother Gary, who was a, an amateur bodybuilder and would actually go oh, and like right. in those little 
Speedos be on stage making those poses like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so, yes, uh, uh, crazy. That's I also so thought, and then when I watched it again, I saw. I thought I, I saw I was wrong. But lying on the bed the way I was lying on the bed and reading the magazine is exactly the same place and pose opening and credits. what I'm doing in the opening title yep. credits. So I was like, ooh, did we do the same thing? But it's a different shirt. So yeah, that, right. I was like, okay. I thought maybe they had pulled it from that or we did it on the same day, but it, it obviously wasn't. But it's like, oh, let's put him on the bed and do that yeah. stuff. And then again, the Phillies fan, the diehard Phillies fan, having a Yankee poster on his wall, not a chance. No. But, but again, he, was, he he loved Jim Abbott, not – he was just a – like, my husband actually is very much a he, – he's a diehard Clippers fan, NBA. He loves the NBA. But he loves – lots of teams sure. because he likes individual players or yeah, he likes the story. I like he, I like so, Tom Brady. I yeah, hate to okay. say that I'm a, but I'm, I was a, yeah, I was a, a Patriots fan. So I'm, I'm a Brady fan. So okay. I get that, but it's uh it was obviously who, and I'm curious, this is what I'd like to know about with the writers. Was this written for Jim Abbott? Like when, like when they were pitching the story, was it like, and we're going to get Jim Abbott because of everything he went through and the perseverance that he had, or was it like, we're going to get a baseball player. Let's see who we can get. I bet it was written for Jim Abbott. I think so too. I think yeah. so too. I, I, I'm hoping I that's think what they it knew is. he was inspirational, mo- motivational. He was obviously, so you know, extremely hot at the time. And yeah. he, they knew his history. He had, you know, college and yeah. Yeah, I think it, I, I think, think it perfectly so worked out. I think so too. Plus I think um, a lot of our writers were from New York, right? Or right. from the New York area. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were Yankees fans. Sure. In our I think Michael's, staff. Michael was a Yankees fan, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I have no idea. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what what else was your mom doing? Uh, My mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while... Authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. 
When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard? Hyundai. It's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So Corey is being a big bummer. Uh, Alan enters and says, you know, are you guys ready for dinner? And he does say, hey, guys, are you ready for dinner? And Will says, no, but I'll do anything to get away from this bummer. Captain bummer face or whatever I yeah, say. Yeah, Captain bummer. And you walk out. And then Alan and Corey have a dream. I have a dream. <laughs> I don't know what I, I saw a dream written down here. It's, it's a dream. What a weird thing. It's just out of nowhere. We enter a dream sequence. They're dancing on the moon yeah. upside down. It was just so weird. Alan and Corey have a recycle bin. I think we what? should just do an episode where Danielle just starts recapping like complete nonsense and we just have to play along. Like we should do an improv where you're just like, and then the penguin walks in and starts talking. And Will and I just have to go with it. remember about the penguins. Why do you think Amy... Horrible. Just trash the dressing room. You could not get this penguin. A real drinking problem, that penguin. Amy's is she was she right? You think they wrote it for the giraffe or whatever it was, but it's really weird. Oh, I'll never get the smell of sardines out of my nose. Oh, this would be great. 
Oh, I love that would it. actually be oh. a great improv uh, podcast where it's just people recapping a show that never existed, <laughs> never and we existed have to right? go along with it's it. Pretty great. And we just have to keep telling memories for a show that never existed. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I mean, if there's one thing doing this podcast has made me realize is that I want to do so many more podcasts. I want to just keep doing them. I do. <laughs> Ryder, if you want to start that improv oh, podcast, let's do it. Let's improv do it. podcast. Oh. I just, you know what? I have too much time on my hands. <laughs> So much time, man. Jeez. There's nothing I want to be doing with COVID right now other than sitting in a cabin more and podcasts. podcasting. Uh, Let's do more of it. We've got, what, three more hours today we can do? So Let's many do podcasts. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Okay. Why okay, did why was the giraffe there? <laughs> I do want to talk about what what is the poster you have above your bed? There is a Pam Anderson-esque looking Baywatchy lifeguard oh, poster above that. Eric's bed, and I thought for sure you would remember who no, it was. I, I did, couldn't God, tell if it was that. Pamela Anderson. Okay, there there is one. We paused it to write a note about something, and then I was like, "So maybe you know, if you don't pause, I happened to pause right on the uh, shot, and I was like, what is that? What is that poster? I thought maybe saw, you remember. saw the saw the random poster over the bed, but missed the showgirl in bright <laughs> pink in the center of the scene. I love that. <laughs> the things my listen. If I'm in the scene, you better believe my eyes are. <laughs> Only on one thing. Even if it's the back of my head, I am looking I at am the back one. of my head. You can tell you're like the crimping started an eighth of an inch down, you'll notice. Exactly. But. I'm like, if you notice on the right lower half of my hair. Exactly. Meanwhile, but what about the know, bear? The there was a in. bear in that scene? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Corey asks his dad if someone ever told him he couldn't be the manager of a supermarket. And Alan says, well, that actually wasn't his dream. But as you get older, your dreams change. And his actual dream was that he wanted to build bridges. And he gave that dream up as his dream of a family came true. And Rusty tells Corey that now his new dream is to be the father of a Phillies center fielder. And this moment... Kind of made me tear up. Oh wow. oh, wow. Not that long ago, Jensen said, he said, it's it's just crazy now that I have two kids, how much I think about my, like my, the things I want for myself are not even self-centered anymore. They're not even no. things that Secondary. I want. They're all yeah. about trying to make my kids' dreams, like whatever hmm. those dreams are, I want to help make those come true. Yeah. And hearing him say that, that like his dream now is to become the father. uh, It just, it made me, it made me tear up again. It's one of those things that would have, I guarantee you was less than a thought in my head at the time that we were taping the show, but now Mm -hmm. stands out to me as so important to this episode. Um, and just overall to the theme of the show. It's, it's just, yeah, it made me feel emotional. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just love that the, the end of the scene, and this is one of the first times that this has happened in the show, because, you know, usually the end of a scene leaves Corey in conflict, right? The, the point of the scene is like, now what is Corey going to do? And right. the end of this scene is Rusty in conflict. Yeah. With Rusty hearing what Ben said and considering it, and he, we know that he's going to have to take the action. And that is like a, a shift in perspective for the show that I, th- I thought was really effective and nice. I was like, oh, I'm suddenly really curious. What is, how does you know, Alan Matthews yeah. feel about this and what is he going to do about it? Yeah. And that was cool. I mean, it, it yeah. goes back to what we talked about in the, you know, this is really the third episode now where there's been a, a conflict between Feeney and, and Mr. Alan. Matthews. Yeah. Yes. Which is, which and is great. 
Yeah, it's super. I love it. It's a very fruitful territory to 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 get you know theme and and character out of. It's wonderful. It also, but it also shows the benefits and the necessity of a fully well-rounded education. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily just mean the teacher in your school. It do, it also right. doesn't just mean your parents. It means right. you you're taught from a number of different sources. Yeah. And there, yeah, that's we love that where it's it is. It's Alan kind of going like I, I think he even said I don't care what Feeney says. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Right. Where he's like just going to openly contradict like, no, 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 he does. He's he's not, you know, he's your teacher. He's not omniscient. So it's right. like, you know, he's not right in this situation. Um, really and these these are some of my favorite scenes. I think the Alan and Corey scenes and these are scenes I didn't remember as much right. as I remembered the Corey Feeney scenes. Yeah. So when I see these Alan Corey scenes, these are incredible scenes between the two of them. They're great. And there are, yeah. there are a lot of them. I mean, there are more than I, I remember, too. Yeah, They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corey ends the scene on a bit of a bummer note. He says, Dad, it's time to forget about my baseball dreams. You have to wake up and face the facts. And he walks out. And like Ryder said, we then see Alan in conflict. What is he going to do? And then we are downstairs in the living room. Now, I'd like to go back to the beginning of the episode to discuss just really briefly. I knew Stephanie, the friend who was having the birthday party, that she was having a real boring birthday party based on what Lily was wearing to the birthday party. She was in that like, I guess she could have been having a fancy tea party like that. Maybe that was for the party. But the way she was dressed, I was like, what five-year-old kid is having a party where people want to wear tights and fancy shoes and a big puffy dress and the gold necklace. And then it all made sense when the front door opened. And here is Stephanie and her mom, Jane, and they are dressed like, what is this? This is like the middle of the day and they are so fancy pants. Yeah. Yeah. They're also. So here's the thing. Here's the problem I had with this. This is now the second time a an adult female character has shown up on the show and they're awful. Yeah, well, mm. like we the had first this one with, was the Mensa. Yeah, yeah. they're just with it's Jane a very Carr, similar scene to the Mensa like, scene. Terrible people. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think the point is going back to what we talked about with the Mensa episode, positioning the Matthews as working class. Yeah. You know, as sort of more real and against the snobbery of you know the rich elitists coastal elitists. Call it what you want, but I think it was you know it's always important for television shows to. For the family on a television show to be um, uh, identifiable, you know, and I think yeah. a a kind of easy way to make a family identifiable is to bring in the alternative, right? Like bring in somebody who's sure. just patently awful, a, a terrible family. And I think you know, showing somebody who's rich and snobby is just a really easy way to do it. it you know, this this didn't. It, it never felt real, right? Like, it didn't feel no, like this person no, could ever not. exist. And I think no. that's, for me, the problem with the scene. Not, you know, I think there there, there might have been a way to make it a little more subtle, a little more, because the, the once they walk in, you know what's going to happen. We're just going to yeah. play out this joke. Um, and yeah, I, I had the same thought. I was like, with the Mensa character, I kind of got it because it's like the snobbery comes yeah, from this. Like, it made sense. But this is like a family that they're friends with where these people have so much money. And, you know, they, she makes a reference to, I don't have to work. And yeah. Yes. practically 
has an English accent. It's, exactly. It's a, it, yeah. It's and very not going to give top. back the, the the necklace when you've got. I mean, right. it's like oh, yeah. it was so yeah. cartoony and ridiculous, yeah. and it was like oh, so every time they're going to bring on a, a an actress who's over the age of twelve, they're going to make her awful. Like yeah. it was like yikes. No, I so. think it's it's it, yeah, I think it's all about just showing how cool Amy is. Sure. You know, no, yeah. it. it was just about making it. Amy and and the Matthews a cool family that you identify I with. Guess. And this you got to give them enemies. To you know? me was this whole scene to me though was just so sitcom-y, cartoony, over-the-top, terrible, kind of. It was a bad scene. So Jane, the mom, says, you know, listen, I can't give you back the necklace, not because of the value of the necklace, but because of Stephanie's attachment to it. And um, you can tell that Amy has some sort of plan because she is very relaxed about it. She's like, I wouldn't even think twice about asking. Don't worry about it. And then we are back in the kitchen and Morgan has made brownies and she's showing her all of these different different things. Set up, set up, Exactly. She's setting up the she's situation. She's good though. Lily's good though. Lily hits yeah, these beats really, really well cute. in the yeah. kind of like, hold your horses, like all that kind of stuff was great. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and this so, is a tough scene. By uh, the way, this is this is a very tough scene to direct. I mean, two very young actors talking to each other with no adults. Yeah, you know, sort of anchoring the scene. So I can imagine mm-hmm. this was like something that everybody's off stage holding their breath, like, "Come on, and kid. business, and, come on. and business, and, you know, you've got to offer this yeah. and pull this and they away were and great. do that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, People realize the, that like this is a nightmare scene for a yeah. production. <laughs> There is a but continuity. They were, they were wonderful. A, a continuity problem in this one. I always my brain just notices that the brownies. Brownies yeah, di- disappear and then go back to the other place and you know mm-hmm. they, they're like yeah, on the side. Yeah, she had the brownies right in front. in front of her yeah. and then she moved them over. It did. It did yeah. jump. I was like, ooh, continuity yeah. thing. But brownies, you know, brownies. Yeah, it was. It was so good and they both held they their own. Great. And so they we go great. back out to the living room and Stephanie. That's when Stephanie is saying she doesn't have to work. And then Morgan and Stephanie come out from the kitchen and. It, Stephanie has removed her dress. She's just got like a tank top on and she has a plastic, she's got (laughs) a plastic uh, tiara on. Um, Her blossom hat has been stolen. And um, we (laughs) realize that Morgan has done. Yeah. It's such a blossom hat. It is a blossom hat. It's a total blossom hat. So she she reveals her ruse that she has done black black no trades back uh, for and gotten all the things that she wanted, including the keys to the car. And we yes. get Betsy getting the cute little button on the end, which is Call you understand to. it's not the value of the car; it's uh, Morgan's attachment to it. Yeah, followed with the awesomely natural thumbs up they both give each yeah. other. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Okay, and then so later we see Eric on the phone and you're having a conversation about a girl and you were you were an innocent bystander and a girl had you pinned up against the lockers and you were kissing. And then, by the way, your clothes fit perfectly here, Will. Did you notice that as well? Yeah, you you weren't wearing. Yeah, you you were wearing a well-structured outfit. Yeah, I saw that as well. I, are, no, are you joking no or are you serious? Sweater. No, no, I'm serious. No oh, okay. bulbous sweaters, nothing. Do you think you a... said something at this point or they, they just started? No, okay. no, I would, no. would never say anything about clothes. I don't know anything about clothes, but there was you one no angle at the on side where it just looks like I look like a melted candle <laughs> where it's just like I've just <laughs> melted into the couch and it's just kind of this weird rump. Like I was waiting to just go like, I'm not giving Han, Han Solo back. I caught him fair and square. Um, yeah, so it's... Um, <laughs> It, it was it, exactly, but it was um, 
the the thing that struck me was these were always my lines or something along the line. You were, it was always right. going to be something about girls or something about kissing. When all else fails, something about a girl. And so well, this well, here's is, what I here's what then so then Corey runs in and he he grabs the phone from you and hangs up and and. He doesn't actually hang up. He doesn't actually hang up. He just closes the antenna. And I was like, oh, she's still sitting there listening to the whole rest of this scene. (laughs) Just folds it down. (laughs) I have a question. He says, call her back. And then Eric says, are you kidding? I don't even know who that was. Yeah. Which is a joke that sounds like a joke, but I don't get it. Exactly. I mean, it's structured like a joke. Exactly. Is it that you were actually talking to a boyfriend? Of a girl who caught you kissing his girlfriend? Like, no, no. Oh, no. I thought the point I thought was he was talking to another girl. He was defending himself. It was like there were so many girls after Eric that he doesn't even know which one he was defending okay. himself yeah. to. Well, when you've got wow. that I shirt. I think that's the joke. I mean, I thought kind maybe of, it was a a, yeah. a significant other of the girl, and you were d- like, you were like no, that I think person was, called you and was yeah. upset. You were kissing my no, girl or something. No. no, okay. I don't think right, it was well, that. It could have been. I don't think it. I think again. I think it was words coming out of my mouth shaped face, and that's all that it was. It was just <laughs> girl, 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 kissing, girl, girl, kissing, girl. What, Jim Abbott? Yeah. <laughs> so Corey announces that Yankee pitcher Jim Abbott is in the kitchen. Eric and Corey are shocked and they literally scream when he comes in. Uh, Jim Abbott gets the Rue McClanahan treatment. He walks in. He audience does. goes wild. Yeah. And he then sits down on the couch and tells Corey a story about how a coach once told him he wouldn't make it in the major leagues, but look at him now. And that coach also told him how important education was and got him to apply to the University of Michigan. Guy has and a lot of dialogue. A lot of dialogue. So Oh my a God. lot yeah. of dialogue. Yeah, and it's all so, good so and natural, com- com- confident, and comfortable, and relaxed. He's yeah, great. He's, he's, great. he's great for not being an this actor is a big and risk, for apparently man. not is... knowing that he's going to be on. I mean, it's like my God, yeah. he nailed it. Yeah. By the yeah, way, it, it is a very boy meets world thing to never even address the fact that he only has one hand. I think that that's. Genius, and yeah. I think that that's something so important to acknowledge and recognize. That's like a big note for me, because yeah. you know, I kept waiting for it to happen. I kept waiting even after the scene. I mean, maybe not to acknowledge it while he's there, but I thought for sure in the tag or in the backyard with yeah. Feeny, the next scene that there would be some reference to Corey saying, "And he, you know, he only has one hand, and I right. can do it." And I, and I was so impressed that it never was mentioned. Mm-hmm. I thought that was. I, I feel like it would. A lesser show would have made yeah, it would have hit right. that on the head, right? I think you're and right. instead it was like, no, we're not even gonna need to reference it. No. Because that's not the point. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think that's really, really super smart. And there are other times in the show where we either mention or don't mention something that maybe should have been mentioned, and we'll talk about those when they come up. But yep. this is one of those times where I think they did it right. I, it they it was really done very well that yep. it wasn't yeah. even mentioned. Yep. Um and so he he mentions that he had a coach who also told him about how important education was. And he says that you, Corey, have a dad who wants his kid to have big dreams. And he can tell that because he was sent 63 telegrams by telegrams. Alan Matthews. Telegrams. Who's sending telegrams? What do you uh, Seriously. I mean, this Jim makes sound. Stop. What's I need you to come talk to Corey. Stop. You need to make sure that he knows what's going on immediately. Stop. You need to make sure he can. It's like, what the hell? You don't know what a telegram is. I Daniel? mean, I kind of do, but not really. Like, what's the what is the actuality of of sending a telegram? Like, what would the process have been to send a telegram? You would call an operator 
and they would transcribe a message for you and send it via code, right? Well, am I correct? Well, I mean, again, a, it depends a, on what you're talking. The old school telegram, you literally would go to a Western Union, right. and they would oh, with you would write it down. Code, they, you would write it down, or, and they would you would either write it down or tell it to somebody, and they would transmit correct. it via Morse code. And there was so no it was punctuation. The telephone. So they right. would say stop after every. Wait, th- that's how you would know what it was. So it would be, yeah, uh, you know, Jim Abbott. I'm trying to find you. Stop. I'd like you to come to Philadelphia. And well, obviously, you used these in Connecticut. No, we didn't have this technology. <laughs> we did not have this at all. We were still smoke were signals still by smoke the time signals. I left. Yeah, that exactly, was, were... exactly. We were and still bird doing... calls. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the way Pigeon. we found each other with water. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> the, the messenger pigeons were really exactly. great. Though. Trying to trying to dinner bell for everybody in the town. We we got to come in and everybody's that yes. Uh, no, we didn't have well, to, we didn't have this technology. Okay, in but like realistically, so Alan, who doesn't know Jim Abbott, you're telling me that in '93 I could have picked up a phone, somehow gotten an operator on the phone, and then said, "Send this message to this stranger." How does that operator know how to get in touch I don't with think that that's stranger? How it works? I think it would have been like he would have sent it to the Yankee. I, I mean, it's like I don't know how that would have happened because it would have been. Can explain like, the internet to me? How, how yeah. are we? Exactly. How are we, this, well, well, we're not. Listen, we <laughs> don't start with me. I'm the ride or die yeah, AOL, my friend. I am ride or die AOL. 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 You're darn right, oh I do. Oh my gosh, you're um, darn right. I, I, I believe do. it functioned kind of like a, it was it, it, like a fax. It was a predates the fax in the sense that it was a way to get a written message immediately anywhere in the world. And it was still being used for like banking. And yeah. uh, I know that in theater, this is the only real <laughs> reference I have. It, it, there is a tradition of sending a telegram on your opening night. You would get a telegram delivered to your dressing room door. And, and it was a tradition that people would send telegrams on opening night. You would get one that would say, you know, congrats like on opening night. And then it would say, um, Merd was like this, which means crap in French, French. Uh, yeah. but, but it became, that was the tradition for like, you said that on uh, when you got a telegram on opening night. I don't know that hmm. that was my experience with telegrams. Well, yeah, the I original, I mean, night. all of the original phone quote unquote phone lines that crisscross the country, those were telegraph lines. Cause there obviously right. wasn't a phone at the time. So it was all Morris code that would go from one side to the other. And it was all those old timey that that's a telegram. Why he's yeah. sending one in 93, let alone 63 okay. of them. <laughs> To a stranger who then shows up at his home. Oh, yeah. Well, um, listen, we they obviously included understand. the Matthews address. So exactly. Rusty makes the joke. Alan makes the joke. What? You only got 63 of them. So he he sent significantly more. And then all the kids in the neighborhood show up to get their baseball signed. And Minkus brings the wrong ball. Uh, Dusty is in this group. Dusty, our our uh, background actor that we have tried. We're still searching for Dusty. Uh, This is a great time to remind you, if you are one of our background actors, please, please get in touch with us. We want to talk to you. You can email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. So we are in Corey's backyard. He's playing baseball. Well, he's actually just throwing the ball up and, and, catching it and he, that's a light doing? throw for how long it lasts in the Thank air too you. Right? he throws it up <laughs> it's up there for and he throws it a mile and a half 
yeah. somehow in front of him, but it comes to then behind him. Well, the I think it bounces right off. Away. I think he's bouncing it off the house. Is that what he's doing? Okay. I think so. Mm. I don't know. That's uh, my husband is an only child, and that's like what he spent at least eighty oh, percent of his life so doing is throwing sad. a ball against a wall and having it come back to him. So oh, man. when I watch Corey see Jensen by himself, just boom. Yep. Dink, that's dink. that's literally all he did. So I, wow. I that's what immediately I what I thought he was doing. Um, the ball gets lost over Feeney's fence. Feeney picks it up, throws it in the trash. Uh, again, so mean, so unnecessary. He says, "When you start respecting my property line, I'll start respecting your property." Um, yeah, build a bigger fence, Feeney. I know. Yeah, man, he can't seriously. stand these people. Uh, Corey announces to Feeney that he has decided to be a baseball player after all because a friend of his dad's, he doesn't want to drop any names, but it's Jim Abbott, uh, gave him some advice. So now he is going to play baseball, but only after he goes to college. And Feeney then rewards Corey for thinking about the assignment more, and he gives him all of his confiscated balls back by dumping them over the property line. Yay. Insert joke here. Yes. And you're right, Ryder, that there would have been a million opportunities for Corey to have mentioned, you know, and you know that he only has one hand and they yep. and just nope. never mentioned it's it was never a really smart it. decision. Really nice. Um, yeah, just let, and so let then it be intuitive. Yeah, I love it. So then we're into the tag. We're in the living room. Amy and Alan are watching TV. It seems like maybe they're watching whatever that version of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette was some sort of dating show game. Yeah. And that's where those voiceovers came in that you can kind of hear Chris Kyer. You can kind of hear some of the people kind of in the background a little bit. Yeah, um, but that's and but Alan really. asks if it ever bothered Amy that he didn't become an engineer like he dreamt of. And he says, do you think of me as a failure? And she says he has a great job, respect, three beautiful children, and a wife who's ready to make out. And they start kissing on the couch. Corey is videotaping them from behind the couch. He jumps up. So creepy. Asks, I know, so creepy. <laughs> so creepy. He asks them to do something interesting because this kissing stuff isn't going to hold the audience's attention. And it quickly becomes a chase scene as Rusty Allen runs him off to bed. And I was... Contradictory moment, though. He's like, do something more than this kissing stuff. And then he's like, but give me some action. Like a second later. That's I was like, what wait, I mean, wait, I mean, what do you, like, what do you, what you want the kissing? So or you don't? Oh, this is weird. I'm going to come up and videotape my parents, but say, this isn't enough. Let me see some action. It was like, ugh. <laughs> it was it just, wow. <laughs> that did, that, ooh, yeah, that was, I found that really <laughs> weird. Just like, I, I probably would have spent more time thinking about that if I wasn't so distracted by the awesome crop top rusty was wearing was he, he had really? what mm-hmm. yes. when he goes running up the stairs you can see his entire lower back he's wearing like a cut off um henley like a waffle like a waffle henley that was yes. cut and it's kind of crop toppy and again nice. just one of those choices they made that were they're just the cool parents yeah. you know yeah. like, well, they also uh, had to take the time to digitize out uh, rusty's lower back tattoo <laughs> You know, a lot of people don't know that about him is he has one of those lower back uh, kind of right. for years. Yeah, he's got a like there was anything digital yet, by the <laughs> exactly. way. Exactly. You could digitize anything. You'd have to optically erase. Exactly. So it's uh, a lot of people don't know that about Rusty. Yeah, he's got a he's got a fairy tattoo on his lower back. Exactly. It's really cute. Um so we got a letter in our email box about this episode, and I wanted to close out by reading you this letter. It is, is from it a telegram. 
It's, it was a telegram. It was. Okay. It's Morse code, so oh, give me a few minutes to figure it out. And he says, hi, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I just wanted to let you know that as a 10-year-old boy, the Jim Abbott episode sealed the, sealed the deal for this being my favorite show ever. I was born with amniotic band syndrome, which for me means that only two of my fingers are fully grown and the rest only grew to one or two joints. When I wanted to play Little League Baseball as a kid in the early 90s, I had to figure out how to throw and catch with the same hand because only one of my hands is capable of closing a baseball glove and also throwing a baseball. Jim Abbott had pioneered this technique of throwing and catching with the same hand, and I copied it so that I could play baseball. Needless to say, Jim Abbott was my hero and favorite baseball player, and I even met him once when he was doing a motivational tour of some kind in the 90s. Boy Meets World was already my favorite show in the fall of 1993 because, like Corey, I was constantly anxious about whether I was cool or not. And, like Corey, I have very curly hair, which did not lend Hmm. itself to the cuts that most of my friends had. Then, Jim Abbott, my hero, showed up, and I remember screaming to my family, Jim Abbott is on Boy Meets World! And watching the rest of the episode in complete shock and admiration. It's like our entire show was made for him! That's so cool! Awesome. I was a super fan from then on i'm sure i'm sure you've heard so many layers of why people love the show which are true for me too but i thought you might like to hear my jim abbott angle his disability isn't mentioned in the episode but it was just incredible to me to see him as an inspirational person to Corey after he had been such an inspiration to me too anyway the show is was amazing it's relax and be yourself message has been a lifelong lesson for me yeah that's that's really cool (laughs) isn't that great so great so anyway thank you for that letter that was really wonderful like writer said, it seems as though this entire episode was just for you. <laughs> yeah, so great. So uh, thank you guys for being here with us for this episode of Pod Meets World. Make sure you follow us on Pod Meets World Show on Instagram. And you can also follow me on TikTok. I'm the only one of the three of us that has a TikTok. It's Danielle Fischel 8 And the only reason I'm promoting the TikTok is because we have been doing some really fun little TikTok-based games, and we may do some giveaways there at some point, and we've been doing some fun mashups, and so there's kind of some special content you can't necessarily get anywhere else, but you can get on our TikTok. And uh, our next episode that we will be recapping is Season 1, Episode 10, Santa's Little Helper. It aired on December 10th, 1993, so make sure you join us for that. Be sure to subscribe to the pod, and you can buy our merch Merch. on podmeetsworldshow.com. Thank you for joining us. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbaksh. Producer, Lorraine Virwez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. Follow us on Instagram at podmeetsworldshow or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves. 
for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler's Sandy's Shortbread Cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging and other category defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250 plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.